Hi, it's John Bernadovich, your host of the H Like a Boss podcast. Welcome to season three. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope of finding what it takes to do HR like a boss. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. On today's show, I'm super excited to be joined by Kristen Pecorelli. Kristen is a, a friend of a friend and someone we've been in touch with, myself and my firm, over the years. And super excited to have you on the HR Like a Boss podcast. Kristen, welcome. Thank you, John. I am super excited to be here and feel honored that I was on the list of HR Like Bosses. So thank you for, for inviting me. Um, just to introduce myself, I was born and raised in Brook Park, Ohio, um, and now a, re a resident of Brunswick. Um, I have my undergrad from John Carroll University in industrial organizational psychology. I went on for my master's degree at Cleveland State in um, the Master's of Human Resources and Labor Relations. Um, it, during that time of college, I was an intern at ERC, which I'm sure many of the HR folks are familiar with. Um, there, I built a foundation of HR, built a really good network of some mentors who are still my mentors and some of the best in HR. So I do appreciate them and that experience. Once I was in my master's program at Cleveland State, I was a co-op at the National Labor Relations Board, which was a really great experience. It kind of gave me both aspects of the HR world and the labor relations world and gave me direction, you know, kind of where I saw my future. That was a really unique experience, uh, especially working in the public sector as well. And then I started my career at Petiti's. Um, so I'm at HR, I was the HR generalist at Petiti Garden Centers back um, in 2002. I was there for a few years and I decided to leave and explore some more opportunities where I could learn and build upon my HR knowledge. And I went to Ross Environmental Services, which is a company in Lorain County. There, I worked under a great HR director who taught me a lot of what I know and helped me um, build upon my skill set and teach me all of the ins and outs. Unfortunately, in college, you don't get all of the HR knowledge you need. That stuff comes with experience. And I joked with John today that um, it's Groundhog's Day, but HR is never like Groundhog's Day because you never know what is going to come to your uh, email or your phone um, that day. Um, so from Ross, um, I started my family and was looking for a, a little bit more of a work-life balance, and I came back to Petites. So here I am for the last 12 years, um, and I moved back in as HR manager and have evolved into the HR director, where now I have a team um, working with me to help improve our um, employer and employer of choice initiatives, as well as keep the business, you know, flowing in, in the world of HR. So that's where I am. I do some consulting from here and there. One of my um, dear friends has her own consulting firm, or she'll reach out to me once in a while for my expertise. So I'll do projects here and there as um, she, she needs. And that's my story. I am a mom of two and um, involved in St. Ambrose Parish quite a bit. I'm the football director for their CYO program and keeping busy with uh, kids' work and uh, activities. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all that. That's that's incredible. Great background. Love the connection to ERC and shout out to John Carroll and all the grads. And I'm sure many of you are probably listening, especially those in Northeast Ohio. You're 
your beautiful front yards or backyard gardens are uh, thanks to uh, the team that Kristen has there at Petiti Gardens. So a little plug out to her employer and organization. I'm sure uh, in, in due time, the uh, snow will melt and we'll be uh, out to uh, taking advantage of all the cool things at your organization. So, all right, Kristen, I, I start all guests out after the introduction with this question of purpose. How would you describe the purpose of human resources? Well, I really think you can have an HR person in all degrees. It's a big definition. And I think you have, you know, some HR people over here, some people, HR people over there. But what I feel a true HR person is a champion for the people. So I always like to pride myself on, I am the liaison between ownership and upper management and all of the staff. So I'm that safe zone for people to come to. I don't want to be the scary HR person when I walk in, people get nervous. I want to be that face that they know and trust to be able to confide in me and to help them and to make sure that the company's doing the right thing and making sure they understand the company's decisions and how that affects the business and maybe why it is the way it is. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I had a guest on the show not too long ago that shared this interesting perspective when using the word people that it's not necessary. It is at times about a person, but it's also, it's really looking at the holistic group of people. And I love that champion for, for the people. So I, I think that's great. One of the, one of the really cool things that I know our mutual friend, Lauren Rudman, who uh, connected us to have you on the show. She's, she's a, a crazy great networker and has done an incredible job in building out her HR profession. I know you mentioned that before we started recording some communication you had with her and other like-minded HR colleagues, but why do you think networking and human resources is so important? Well, I think you could become stagnant in your role and in your organization and networking and throwing ideas out there, um, hearing what other people are doing, making sure you're staying on top of trends. Um, I've always been in a generalist background, meaning I cover it all. So there, we don't here at Petites, we don't have, you know, a compensation department, a recruiting department, a benefits department. I oversee it all, compliance. So that's a lot of ground to cover. There's nobody else here who knows HR. Um, our ownership's very knowledgeable, but you know, do they really stay on top of when EEO one reporting needs to be done or OSHA logs need to be posted? No. So it's important to have those networks so you can throw stuff out there, remind each other, um, just knowing the industry and having that ability to reach out when you're not sure what you would do. Now we all have attorneys we can call, but sometimes it doesn't warrant that. You know, hey, have you ever run into this situation? What did you do? Um, or maybe something cutting edge that you're not aware of. Um, I know with recruiting, that's been a, a sticking point for a lot of organizations. Um, and if it wasn't for my networking, I would have never been in touch with LinkedIn Recruiter and how to go about that account, you know, a different way of going about recruiting. You're actually reaching out to the folks and you're cold calling them, you know, in the old world of recruiting. Um, and I found some great managers that way. And if I wouldn't have had my network, I wouldn't have known of that process. Um, in addition, seminars, you know, staying active in SHRM um, and different other, you know, law firms that maybe offer continuing education. I think it's so important because if you're not staying on top of it, you know, maybe you are here in HR and you're gonna fall there real quick because things are changing. Um, and as we all age, uh, we want to make sure we're not um, outdating ourselves with our approaches and the way the world is changing. 
Yeah, no, it's awesome. I know the, the huge power of the Sherm community and network. That's one of the reasons why I'm so excited the book is being published by Sherm Books. It's meant such a uh, it's been such a big part of my life, Sherm has, and the community and network of just awesome people in, in HR and those around it. And we're, we're super excited. One project that we'll be giving more details out is that we're building a full HR Like a Boss training course to create uh, more of a, a networking opportunity and cohort. At the same time, we'll focus on the five main pillars of what HR Like a Boss is all about and give those that are interested, some uh, CPE credits for your credential at the same time, give you a chance to create that community, which I know has been really important for you. Well, Chris, I'll take one second to do a shameless plug for my firm, who's been uh, incredibly supportive of the HR Like a Boss podcast and continues to provide resources for it. Willery's purpose is to empower people and is focused on supporting mid-sized companies with our search and direct hire staffing services along with a client-side HR technology and advisory support. So if you're struggling to find talent for your HR or payroll teams or not getting the return on your HR technology, please visit willery.com to learn more. All right, back to more about what you're doing and some of your great expertise, Kristen. I know one of the most interesting parts of my education and getting to know the, the all things HR is this idea of engagement, having engaged an engaged workforce. And I'm curious why that matters so much to you. And if so, what, what are you doing about it to increase the level of engagement for your employees there at Petiti? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, engagement, I always like to phrase that as your, you know, what's the pulse of the organization? Where are people um, we could all sit here in corporate and think everything's great out there. You know, Petites is not a professional environment where everybody is in offices. So they're out on the floor. Um, they're serving the customers. They're in the public. Um, this really came to a head when COVID hit. We were deemed essential. And when the whole world shut down, we asked our employees to still work. Um, you know, we did find that Petites brought joy to some people during a difficult time going in, planting. People were home, so they wanted to plant in their yards. Um, if it wasn't for our people going out and being willing to work, um, that wouldn't have been able to happen. So I'm sitting here at a desk. They're out on the floor, not knowing what COVID's going to bring. At that point in 2020, some people were hiding in their homes. Um, and, you know, we had to make sure we were putting ourselves in their shoes and making sure they had all the tools they needed, making sure they had all the answers, making sure we were continually staying on top of things and abiding by all of the regulations and things that were put upon us. Um, so that's just one quick example of that, but just to give you an idea of the difference between our corporate office positions and our positions that are out on the floor in the public. Um, so what we do every year is an associate engagement survey. And that's something that during my um, internship at ERC, I learned a lot about. Um, so we send a survey out every year. I've been doing it since I think 2016. Um, and it's a bunch of questions. It's 48 questions, just with a whole bunch of different um, competencies that we're trying to gauge as to their um, pulse on it, like I said. And we compare those results year after year. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? what are things we can change, what are things we can't change, and how do we communicate that to everybody so they understand. Um, a lot of things that are being done at the corporate level or ownership's level, uh, maybe the average cashier doesn't understand why. You know, why are we 
open certain hours or why are we not closed on, on certain days? Um, so what we do is we do that survey every year. Um, and my main thing to ownership in upper management is we can't do this survey and not respond. If we ask, we have to do something about it. So I said, this could be damaging if we put the survey out here and they give us all these opinions and we do nothing about it. So year after year, we've been able to make incremental changes uh, to the organization. Some things are small, some things are big. Um, and you'd find you'd be surprised how many people are telling you things in the survey that you're like, why didn't they just tell me that, you know, when I was out there, or, you know, why didn't they just send us an email? But we don't understand either that, you know, maybe they aren't comfortable coming to people who seem higher up than them, but we're not, we're all on the same level. Um, so it's been able to identify a, a lot of things for us to change over the years. Um, so we're actually in the process um, going through each store's comments. We don't, it's anonymous, but we do know which location is providing the information. Um, and we go through and we talk to them and we explain to them, you know, we're able to change this. Um, you know, this year, a big change is we move, we used to have just vacation time and sick time. And we've seen it in the last three or four surveys can it just be paid time off? So we finally have changed it to paid time off. So that was a big win for this year. You know, so going around explaining things to them and then also explaining why we can't do certain things. Um, you know, they want more staff. Well, we're a very cyclical business where the spring we're heavy and right now we're cleaning and stocking shelves. So explaining to them, you know, the whole budget and the payroll percentage and, you know, how it all works to try to put it in layman's terms to them. Um, I think is impactful where now they have an answer why it can't be. And we took the time to explain it to them and, you know, make them feel like they're part of the team that are making these decisions. So engagement's everything. Um, you know, associates are our biggest asset. If they're not engaged, if they're not happy, if they're not continuing to want to come to work every day, we're not going to be successful. We are known for our customer service and the people that come through the doors are always commenting on, you know, how helpful our associates are and how knowledgeable they are and that white glove type of service. So without keeping them happy, without keeping them informed, without having communication, um, which leads to engagement, we're not going to be successful at all. So very important. Um, engagement surveys are awesome if you haven't tried them as an HR professional, but you have to be careful. If you ask, you know, be careful what you ask. Because if you don't want to answer it or you don't want to change it and they continue to give you requests and you don't respond, you're going to lose credibility. So, yeah. yeah. Well, clearly you have a lot of passion for that. I know back to your ERC days, and I know, I know that's a huge component of what their organization provides in supporting the HR community. And I'm certain that you have support from that and increased levels of engagement and the resources needed from upper management and ownership down to all of your directors and managers. You have to have that, in my opinion, in order to do engagement at a high level. And really, for those that are regular listeners to the show, they know that kind of over year over year, I'll call it abysmal, terrible, 67% of employees are not engaged at work number I would see in some press release was like, oh my gosh, it's just terrible. So what can we in HR do? To me, it's the greatest opportunity and responsibility inside of any business to increase those levels of engagement. And I simplify it by how do you make people feel? 
just like you described how your customers feel when they get that white glove service by a great cashier or someone on the floor that's educating them on a particular flower or plant. It's the same with how employers are making your employees feel and vice yeah. versa. Frankly, there's, there's got, it's a two-way street. So looking at engagement from that lens is, is I think an important aspect. So with that in mind, I'm going to get you out of here, Kristen, with this. This is my last question for all guests on the HR Like a Boss podcast. So how would you describe someone that does HR like a boss? I think someone who does HR like a boss is willing to put themselves out there against the grain and do what's right for, for the, the workforce, to do what's right for the people you represent and to be able to make a difference. So, you know, I always say our ownership is amazing here. And I always say, you know, I, it's my job to let them know their risks. It's my job to let them know what people are saying, even if it is uncomfortable. Um, and it's my job to make sure that I'm the voice of the associates and the person who's going to go to bat for them. Um, as long as I, you know, if I, obviously I'm not going to go to bat for things I don't believe in, but to do the right thing. And I don't have to do that a lot here. Ownership always does do the right thing, but to be able to bring that to people who can make those decisions for individuals who don't feel comfortable going that high. So I'm that, that middle ground, um, safe zone, like I had said before, um, compassionate with empathy and understanding to be able to help them make a difference in, or to help make a difference in their everyday employment. So being a change maker, making a difference, going to bat for the people and, you know, being that nagging HR person when I need to be to make change happen. That was awesome. Yeah, it's not simple to do it. There's a lot of complexities to what you just described. It takes a special person to deliver that type of passion, care, and concern. And I have this saying, if you don't put your people first, someone else will. And That's we right. want to be mindful of that in the spirit of how we advocate for uh, our individual employees and, and department heads and resources and team members. So Awesome job, Chris. And I'll do a quick recap for those that are listening. So uh, you mentioned the champion for the people. The purpose for HR is a champion for the people and provide that, that safeguard for your employees. It's such an important part of their uh, deliver your delivery of HR within the organization you serve. The importance of building community uh, so that you can have kind of cheating resources, I'll say it, from things like recruiting or compliance. Let's let's steal ideas from really smart people, especially ones that want to help and share. I think that's really important. Absolutely. And the idea, their idea around engagement, what what is the pulse of the people? And don't be don't be afraid to ask the question because you might get a bunch of responses that maybe you don't want to hear, but those types of things can change for the better. In your case, you talked about a shift from just vacation and sick time to uh, PTO or or how you describe that. So, and then obviously the, the power of engagement, the, those employees that do that great work uh, for your customers, they're able to do that because they care and you've made them feel in a way that they want to deliver that support. Fantastic job, Kristen. I really enjoyed having you on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me, John, and um, best of luck on your venture in your book. Thank you for listening to the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please leave a rating or review, or better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.